Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It is a Friday morning. I am hungover. I am tired. But you know what? It was all worth it. Chiefs winning overtime. 34-28 in L.A. and maintain the AFC West. You suppose the Chiefs are hungover and tired, too? <laughs> I doubt it very much. That's a nice win for Kansas City. And I think it's one that's very revealing in a lot of respects. Number one, all this rubbish about the offense not being what it used to be. That Hey, when they have to open things up, they will. And they did last night because they had to. They were pressured by a very good Chargers football team. I'm going to preface those remarks by saying that I'm I'm not a fan of Thursday night football at all. I wish they'd do it in. It doesn't, to me, make any sense. It's, it's a fragmented network, number one, and I don't like the fact that they have three days rest. Yeah, one, one day a year for Thanksgiving, do understand that. That's fine. But making a lot of teams go through this, I thought the Chargers were dragging. I thought the Chiefs were dragging at the end of the game last night. And you can see on the expression on their face, you mean we have to play an extra period? Well, Los Angeles practiced something that I think is what the Chiefs are going to see, not from the regular season, but in the playoffs. And that's teams who can run the ball are going to keep it on the ground and keep that offense off the field. Kansas City's offense is there. When they need to open it up, they will. Mahomes did last night. Over 400 yards, 410, and three touchdowns. That's that's pretty doggone good compared to his 200 in games before when they were taking their foot off the pedal. I don't care what anybody tells you. It's game it management. Was by design. Yeah, it's game All management. Right. Here's the deal. The Chargers ran for 192 yards last night. 192. It kept the Chiefs off the field, and it brought the Chargers back from a 10-0 deficit to take a lead. All right, Kansas City comes back. They can, they're quick strike. Everybody knows that and had to come from behind on several occasions to get the lead and win it in overtime. Very nice piece of play. Of course, winning the toss helps when you have a oh Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. Thank you, Melvin Ingram. <laughs> if it, well, he made the lucky call. Hey, 50, Pete, 50. hey, tells. Let's go. I, it is what it is. Had it been the Chargers who got that, hey, you might have seen Herbert take his team right down the field and score as well because they could. Really interesting game. These teams may play again. That's my fear. If they do, it's probably going to be at Arrowhead because I think Kansas City now gets the home field advantage out of that. But if they play again, you look for a totally different attack. I was talking with some friends of mine who said, hey, the, the, the Chargers, look what they left on the board by not kicking those field goals. And that's true. They left some points on Nine. the board. But the fact of the matter remains that when the Chiefs got the ball, they were deep in their own territory. Had the Chargers kicked the field goals, they would have had to have kicked off. Where would Kansas City have been then? It's not a fair comparison. No. It's a different dynamic altogether. And Kansas City deserved to win. They played very well. And they showed their legions of fans, kingdom, that they can score. And they did. And again, it just proves what we've said over the last several weeks. There's no reason to risk any injury or any kind of problems if you can game manage, game manage. And I think that's what this season has been a big part of uh, learning for Patrick Mahomes. Well, which game is management, sure, that that's all part of it. I, I did question some of the calls that they made in the game, whether or not that was Mahomes making those calls or whether it was enemy or 
uh, Reed or whomever. I did question some of them, but then again, you're always going to question something. Thought the defense played well. Would it have been a big difference with Chris uh, Jones in Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Damn right it would have been. They he wouldn't have been able to run it. Uh, I disagree. Yes, you they think, would you have. You think they would have been a step up there? They would have not thrown for the amount of yardage they had. A quarterback would have been pressured. They run away from this guy. They run away from him, and the offense is taking out Melvin Ingram. All right, I think they would have gotten the same amount of yardage on the ground, but probably through the air they would have had to have hurried their passes because he would have been in there. So it does make a big difference. But there are ways to mitigate that on the offensive line, and a good O-line, which the Chiefs will see in the playoffs, uh, can make a very big difference. Yeah, but at the same time, and I know they run away from Chris Jones, but at the same time, that alleviates pressure from the other players who can do some things and get up and fill those gaps. So I would say they, they lose about 60, 70 yards rushing if Chris Jones is out there I all disagree. Day. All day. I absolutely day. disagree. But, hey, it's hypothetical, so neither of us are right, to be honest with you. <laughs> I but, am. I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, hey, it's my birthday in a couple days. I need to be right, at least for a couple days. Um, so, you know, that part of it, the the stops, the, four, uh, the fourth down stops are so crazy. They did it three times last night, and that was my biggest fear going into overtime. It's like, we've got that three times now. It's, a, it's bound to happen that we can't stop them every single time. I do understand why Coach Staley did that. I do understand, and that philosophy has been practiced in the NFL in the past, most recently by other teams in that you're not going to beat the Chiefs with a diet of field goals. You're not going to. You've got to score the touchdowns. So if you have the opportunity to do it, furthermore, if you don't succeed, the ball takes over at the one or two or three-yard line, whatever it was. The one should have been a touchdown. That's when Parham made the catch and then slammed his head into the turf and dropped it. And that's that's the right call. You have to have that ball in your possession the entire time. He did, and then the concussion on the ground knocked it loose. Well, it's called catching it and keeping it all the way down. You have to do that. And he's apparently going to be okay, but that's a deep concussion. You can tell that by the way he was shaking when he came off. That happens. All right, that should have been a touchdown. Not legally, but theoretically, that should have been a score right there. All right, that touchdown, the fumble. Why in the world the guy dives into the middle of the line? that, That defies all understanding because these are big people you're not going to jump over them unless you're sam cunningham or somebody like this that, that <laughs> that's a just name drop does yeah <laughs> just passed away here recently uh the fact is that there's just a very few athletes who can do that so why do you risk it well again you're taking a chance taking a risk on your home field and all that sort of thing but again, it's it's misleading when you say they left the points on the board because they did not. They were taking a risk and making it work, and they did have. The Chargers didn't have a 28-21 lead. And what happened? In an instant, Kelsey and Mahomes hook up. That's the kind of quick strike offense they have. Are there defenses against it? You bet there are, but you better be ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they uh, kept me on the edge of my seat all night last night, and it was a great game. It was one for the ages. Probably one of the biggest AFC West games that we've had in several years, I think, in my opinion. And uh, it was was well fought on both sides, and those Chargers are going to give us problems for the next few years. Herbert's a great quarterback. They've got a great organization. And uh, definitely going to be messing with our Cheerios in the near tell future. Tell you what, this kid, he is a good quarterback. Hell yeah, and he I'll is. tell you what, he else, what else he has going for him. You watch his rollouts. Do you know how big that kid no, is? No, dude, and oh, and he stiff arms dudes, and they they can't stop him. He's so is big. Six six, and he's about two twenty five, two thirty, maybe even more than that. He's not a Roethlisberger. He's much more mobile than that. 
This kid is a very fine player. He definitely is. Definitely is. Well, it's uh, definitely a great win going into the, uh, I guess, week and a half break that we've got for the Steelers game come home against Arrowhead on the day after Christmas. And uh, should be a lot to talk about. Um, Also, big props to Nick Bolton, who just keeps impressing me. I honestly think he's defensive rookie of the year all day. I I mean, he has to be. Uh, Last night, he was everywhere. And uh, and a lot of guys had to step up, and they did. Do you play fantasy football? No, I do not. Okay. Have you ever played? You used to in the the past? So, uh, playoffs for most leagues start this week, right? And it's got to be a night. Luckily for me... Um, I, I've, I've been in the clear. I think I've got one player that ended up getting uh, in the COVID designation. But I there have been so many guys in the last, what, 24 to 48 hours that have tested positive that they're looking at their fantasy team going, oh, my God, what the hell am I going to do? I have some of my star players that are out, and that's just them in fantasy world. This Now let's talk about the real world. What the hell is the NFL going to do now? Well, the latest ratio taken is most of those players, two-thirds of them are asymptomatic. And the, the what, what do you, you mean the guy's not sick? Well, then why are they keeping him out? Because of the contagion that's possible. Anyway, the NFL is revising the rules. Now, it hasn't been implemented yet, but it will be possibly as soon as this weekend. And that is that masking will now be required at every team meeting they have, indoors and out. So the players are going to have to be masked, probably on the sidelines as well. All right, that's acceptable. The other one is that asymptomatic players... These are individuals who show no signs but do test positive, will now be tested every day. And the doctor, assuming they're still asymptomatic, will determine their level of contagion. And then if it's acceptable, they're allowed to play. So it's going to hasten the return of some of these players who are testing positive and yet aren't sick, still can be contagious. How that is done by the physicians, I, I was not I know. Get, literally getting ready to ask you, Dr. Ned, I, how the hell do you say this guy is more contagious than that guy? I do not know. <laughs> I'm unless, unless it's done by some kind of a breathalyzer or something like that, I must admit I don't know. Because uh, COVID-19 is contagious. In other words, you can get it from airborne yeah. particles. Infectious, infectious, you do not. That's from t- touching something. Still Wash your hands and behave. But the fact of the matter remains, it is going to hasten the return of some of these players. So is this going to be NFL doctors that implement this yeah, thing? Yes, each team? team has its physicians. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they're going to be team physicians, though. Well, the, yeah, but these, yeah, these are well, also medical doctors, yeah, yeah, and uh, they maintain the oath. So, indeed, I, it, yeah. it'll be I was accurate. just kind of looking over towards the East Coast for Belichick and seeing what kind of he's going to pull and stuff. Mac Jones or Harris or someone gets COVID and he's like, oh yeah, Doc, he's not contagious. Send him out there. <laughs> um, speaking of football, though, uh, all of us in the kingdom can rest easy this weekend. We got our win, so, but there's a lot more football, including bowl games, and we've got a lot of uh, pro football on Saturday and Sunday. Like I said, it's like they knew it was my birthday on Monday, and they were like, let's give this kid as much football as possible. Well, there are, uh, as a matter of fact, there are eight bowl games this weekend. Two of them are coming up today and six on Saturday. There are also two NFL games. Now, the NFL and college football have a rule. The NFL will not play when there are college games. The college regular schedule is going on. Well, this is not the college regular schedule. And furthermore, the bowl games are not a part of the NCAA. They are private situations. 
All right, having said that, two NFL games, the Raiders and the Browns play in Cleveland, and the Patriots and the Colts play tomorrow night in Indianapolis. That's a pretty big game. That is a big game. Patriots are playing extremely well. The two bowl games are today, one in Nassau in the Bahamas and the other in Orlando, Florida. That's later on tonight. And then six games tomorrow, so it's a total of eight. And then the crush really begins. Missouri will play next Wednesday. They play a Wednesday night game. The basketball team at Missouri also plays a Wednesday yeah, we night game at the last same week. time. Yeah. So the football folks went to the the folks at the Military Bowl and said, uh, as, I'm sorry, the Armed Forces Bowl, and they said, hey, do you think you can change the time? Yet. <laughs> so they will both be at 7 o'clock You on ain't Wednesday. paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when did your flight leave to call that game in the Bahamas? <laughs> well, I'm on my way, man. On as my soon way. as I get done talking to you. All right, so let's get you out of here so you can get your swimsuits on. Um, you watching any basketball this weekend? There's a lot of it. The, both Bears teams and both Drury teams are playing this weekend, both tomorrow. The Lady Bears will play Southern University out of... Baton Rouge, and that will be a 2 o'clock game at the JQH Arena. Then the Bears play Central Arkansas from Conway, and I promise you the Bears will win that one. They're both named the Bears, but it'll be the Missouri State Bears who win. They're playing very well. That's a 7 o'clock game tomorrow night. Over at the O'Reilly Family Event Center, both the Lady Panthers and the Panthers are playing. One's a 5.30 game tomorrow night. That's the Lady Panthers against Michigan Tech, and Michigan Tech's pretty good. I don't think they're as good as the Lady Panthers, but they are still pretty good nonetheless. And then Drury takes on Southern Nazarene, and that'll be a 7.45 game tomorrow night. Southern Nazarene beat Drury earlier this year. Little chance for a payback coming up here. So, yeah, lots of basketball. Kinds of, it kind of brings in the holiday week, of which there will be a lot of basketball. Blue gold coming up right after Christmas, along oh, yeah. with the pink and white and a lot of other tournaments. So it is a lot of fun. And the basketball season is in full force. But before that, though, we got a lot more football. And you have a wonderful weekend, Ed. I'll see you on Monday.